Hi everyone, I'm Kate Boyle and welcome back to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. Now, before we dive in, I'm going to ask just a small favor. If you haven't subscribed or left a review for the podcast yet, if you could do that now, I would be so appreciative. These reviews and likes tells the world that this is a great podcast to listen to. Okay, well, this week on the show, I have an amazing guest, Kimberly Evering. Now, Kimberly is known as the gal on the go. She is all about adventures, unforgettable adventures, like cycling more than 500 miles across New York State in seven days. She's also proudly served as a US ambassador to the Vancouver's Winter Paralympics. And today we dive into all things adventure travel, opening ourselves up to new experiences and what we can learn by doing so. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Let's have a listen in. Hi, I'm Kate Boyle and welcome to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. Each week, I'll be bringing you health information from diet and lifestyle to movement and nutrition. My aim is to bring you bite-sized pieces of information that you can instigate into your everyday life to change your health. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Kimberly, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Welcome. Thank you, Kate. I'm so happy to be here. Well, today we're chatting about adventure and challenging moments, and I know you've had a lot of adventures in your life, but before we dive into that, can you share with listeners a little bit more about who you are? Sure, absolutely. So, um, okay, so formally, by birth certificate, my name is Kimberly, (laughs) but online, I am known as Gal on the Go. And that is pretty cool because um, it started organically like years ago in the early 2000s. I had a blog and I would blog all about my adventures and they were like diverse adventures of all kinds. And people started writing to me and they were like, what's up, gal on the go? And that's how I got kind of like my nickname that became my social media persona. And now I actually own the trademark to it. So that's cool. (laughs) It's been quite the evolution. (laughs) Uh, And, um, you know, that then that blog you know, fast forwarding to today is now known as Gal on the Go Unplugged in podcast format. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how over the years, like blogging was the thing to do and then it evolved to podcasting, but it's amazing that you've been able to navigate and change on that journey too. Yeah. I love that. Like, you know, it's nice being able to like just extend exactly to your point in a different direction with something that you've put your passion and heart into instead of having to abandon it because there's no way to carry it on. And I think too, with podcasting, I know I listen to so many podcasts and there's such amazing information out there, but sometimes just being able to hear the person's voice and connect to their their passion and their emotion can change the story, you know, compared to reading a blog so much. Absolutely. I, I'm a writer by trade and I have to say I enjoy the audio and video much more. <laughs> 
Me too. Sometimes I, uh, you know, sometimes I stumble with my words, but then, you know, it's just a bit of a process, isn't it? Getting used to podcasting and uh, it's a journey like everything else. Absolutely. Now, I know you've had quite a number of incredible adventures in your life and we're talking about adventure today on the podcast. So can you share with listeners, you know, one of those adventures or something that, you know, has been a highlight for you? Sure. So, um, you know, I've had these, like, to your point, you know, um, incredible experiences that have been very lucky. And I've had a lot of like diverse types of experiences, like, which I feel like is really kind of like the key in life um, to opening up your mind. So I've done like ballooning at sunrise over the Shenandoah Valley. Um, I've met Native American tribe in New Mexico and got to do a drum circle. And I was given a Native American name, which is like a huge and unusual privilege. Um, And then I've done, you know, like wild things like cycling on behalf of raising awareness and funds for cancer across New York State. So I like to mix it up. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely a diverse range coming through there for sure. And what do you, you know, with your adventures, what has kind of driven you to continue to find a new adventure or or try the next one? Um, Sure. I would say it's like kind of a combination again, like it's the people I meet. So I, I kind of like going on these adventures and experiences by myself because I have found that it pushes me outside my comfort zone and I can't kind of like rely on the crutch of the person I'm with. So like it, it, it makes me more open to like, um, you know, finding and talking with new people. And it's through those like new experiences that I'll find out about other things as you hear like people from all over the US and all over the world, depending on the event and like the cool things they're doing. And you're like, oh my God, I have to add that to my bucket list. Like that just sounds awesome. Uh, And then also it's like, you know, the Googling of things or the checking out events through social media that you see come through the feed. And like, I'll make little notes to myself, like, oh, that's like my 2024 goal. I can't do it this year for money or time reasons, but that's totally, you know, an upcoming goal. Yeah, well, you make a good point. I know, you know, my younger years, I traveled a lot with a girlfriend and a lot of the time I would do things because she wanted to do them. And I like to think like, I'm kind of that easygoing person. Like, you know, I have things I want to do, but I'm happy to go along. But in 2008, 2009, I moved to Switzerland for a year by myself to go to work and it was a completely different experience for me because I, like you were saying, I did the things that I really wanted to do. I explored the places that I wanted to do and I had to make myself talk to more people and make friends and get out of my comfort zone, which you don't have to do when you are traveling with somebody else. Totally. That's so relatable because, you know, when I was going with friends, I thought everything was like blissful. And then that first taste I got of travel by myself, I was like, okay, terrified at first. Right. And then like, I was so into the adventures themselves that it kind of like got rid of the social fears. 
And then I went back to doing things with like friends or a boyfriend. I was like, wait a minute. I don't think I like this. I think (laughs) I prefer the solo adventure travels. Yeah, well, I can definitely relate to having that fear because I remember, you know, I was 26 at the time. I'm about to get on the plane and thinking, what am I doing? Like I'm going on the other side of the world to a country where English is not the first language. You know, I'm going to have to make friends and navigate my way. And I don't really have anybody to help me. Uh, I still got on the plane and I got over my fear, but there definitely was that fear before I, you know, set out for sure. Very relatable. And I'm sure people listening in can probably relate. And I guess the the point I'm trying to make is that I think fear and that unknown, you know, the fear of the unknown and being nervous is probably a natural part of, you know, starting an adventure where you might be out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And that's why like I tell people try things like, cause I used to be afraid to try certain, like, let's say activities or experiences. And then when I did them, I was like, oh my God, I absolutely love this. Like paddleboarding, for instance, like I didn't think I'd enjoy that. I was kind of like, I grew up in a like swimming pool. I loved pools, but I had a fear of like open waters. And then I loved paddleboarding so much I now do it to this day and I would have never known I loved that and could enjoy it if I didn't try it yeah and I think that's where if you are you know in a different place and you think oh I'll try something new it's you can sometimes find a new passion that then may become a lifelong passion definitely now you know I think from trying new things and having adventures, we can often learn new lessons. What's one of the most impactful lessons that you've learned through all of your adventures? So I've thought about this before, you know, and it's a tough one, right? Because in the moment, you understand you're learning the lesson. For instance, like during a Spartan, I was going through barbed wire and I got impaled in my head by one of the barbs. So that's a pretty quick lesson to learn that like even though you're exhausted you better be paying attention and make adjustments yeah for sure but it's hard to kind of like remember later necessarily like um in the in the best way because I've been so um privileged to have these uh, all these diverse amazing adventures through the years and I would say um you know, I just try to learn from my mistakes in the moment. And because I'm human, I'm going to continue to make mistakes. <laughs> but um, it's kind of like a constant learning process, no matter what it is. And I feel that it's like something that affects all of us in life. Like, I don't care if you're rich, or you're poor, you know, um, you're going to learn a lesson of some kind in life. That's kind of like the playing, the even playing field of life, you know? Yeah. Um, and I feel like I can, you know, it's, it's just a constant thing. And I believe that up until the day I die, I will be learning a lesson of some kind. Yeah, well, I definitely think, you know, even from the challenges and adventures that I've done that I always, when I reflect back on it, I always think, oh, I'm actually more capable than I thought I was. You know, when you come out the other side, you realize, 
you know, no, I do have the the strength or the emotional capacity or, you know, whatever it may be just to get through it. And then that makes you kind of realize that you can do more than you thought you could. And you're almost, you know, ready to take on another challenge that you might've been a bit hesitant about. Absolutely. When, when I was um, doing one of the cycling endurance rides, I was training like physically, right? So a lot of times in the past, I used to focus on the physical training aspect of the things I was doing. And I didn't really have a respect for or pay much attention to the mental aspect. And I learned along the way through the different things that that really does have value. And I needed to pay attention to that and having a positive mindset and seeing myself as strong, not in the physical sense necessarily. And so obviously as the mindful mental sense, you know, like I've got this, like I've literally said to myself out loud in all sorts of sorts of um, situations, like you got this, you can do this, you know, like when it's a long distance thing, it's like, okay, tackle one mile, then you tackle the next mile, break it down into these chunks. And then it's not so intimidating, you know, or you made it halfway. You only have another half to go, like whatever it is. I try to remind myself, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that positive mindset and that positive self-talk can be so empowering. And I haven't run a marathon myself, but I know they often say that, you know, people get to that sort of breaking point and it's really that mental strength that they have to work on. You know, their body's done the training physically, you know, they're fine, but it's that mental strength to keep going one step after the other. Yeah, absolutely. With the mental strength, you know, it's kind of funny. I I did what's called, um, you know, pre-COVID, I had done one of my favorite things. Like I'm not a runner by any means, but there's one run that was dear to my heart and it was Lululemon Seaweeds. And it's a half marathon that takes place in Vancouver, British Columbia. And I remember like one of the last ones I did, um, you know, I would always like kind of tweak my training like differently to see like how it would affect if I could have like not just better results, but like feel better throughout the whole process. And I, I collapsed at the end and I went to get back up and it's kind of like that, um, you know, it, it's the mental, you've got this mixed with like the adrenaline, I think, because I couldn't move. And it turns out once like I came to that abrupt stop at stop at the end, I had a fractured foot that I didn't <sighs> even know I was running on due to the impact of each like step I was taking. I, I completely shattered my right foot, the bones in my right foot. <laughs> wow. That's crazy, isn't it? That I mean, that just shows you the power of the mind over the body when it comes to an injury. And as you said, the adrenaline would have been pumping and you just got on with it essentially. Yep. <laughs> Blissfully ignorant. <laughs> yeah. Until the end. And then yep. realize. <laughs> Now, if people are listening in and they're thinking, you know, some of the things that Kimberly are talking about sounds amazing, you know, you know, ballooning and doing marathons and traveling, but they may be going, I just don't have a whole lot of money or a whole lot of time. So how can I create adventures for myself? What would your advice be? 
I think like, and this is what works for me. Like I will do lists and I'll do lists uh, usually at the end of one year, looking ahead at the next year. And the reason why I do it at that timing and in that way is I'll say, okay, how much time are like, you know, what are the things I want to do? And then like, how much time are each of these things going to take and how much expense? And then I'll like prioritize prioritize based on that. So I'll be like, okay, I can afford time-wise and financially to do this, this, and this. And then I will concretely make them like my top list for the next year. And then, you know, like plan out accordingly. And if it's something like I really want to do and I just can't make it happen and it wouldn't be responsible like financially (laughs) to, you know, pull it off. um, I'll just say, you know what, I'm not going to give up. And it's not like um, a defeat or a loss. I'll just push it to the next year. It's okay. You know, that's it. You've got time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been a bit like that. I, I want to get to the Malda hives one day, um, but you know, time, children, you know, expense, all of these things. I'm like, I will get there, but the timeline is pushing out a little bit, but I know eventually I will get to that goal. <gasps> Absolutely. And, you know, like, unless someone wins the lottery, they don't have the luxury of really just going, ah, I'll just do it all. (laughs) Well, and I think too, after the last few years, and what everybody went through, I know myself just getting back into, you know, driving down to the coast and doing a hike for a day, you know, that type of being able to go that distance and have that time and experience, you know, and getting back to those basic things that I felt like we missed out on for a few years, even those types of adventures, smaller adventures felt like bigger adventures. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, I think there got to be kind of like, I hate to say this word because it's kind of a negative word, but there was like a resentment felt by everybody that they lost time in their lives. So it was that, you know, you had these plans for yourself, they got completely derailed. And coming out of that situation for all of us, I think it was like, okay, what do I want to reprioritize? What's important to me now, you know? Yeah. And I think that's why, especially even here in Australia, there was, you know, an exodus of people moving from the cities and relocating closer to, you know, the mountains and the coast. And I think people kind of did, you know, a sort of a retake and a reevaluation of what was important. And people started moving and changing jobs and changing their work hours to start to try to prioritize what was actually important to them. Yep. The, all the things that it was like, ah, I'll do this down the line in a couple of years. It was like, nope, life is short. Let's get it going. <laughs> exactly right. Hi, everyone. I'm interrupting this podcast to let you know about the Joy Reclaim Summit. Now, so this summit is totally free and kicks off on Monday, the 2nd of October. So be sure to sign up now. This summit has 26 remarkable women presenting, including myself, on all areas, including health and wellness, communication, perimenopause and menopause, financial uncertainties, sex life and libido, and so much more. So head on over to the show notes to sign up and grab your spot or head to thejoyreclaimedsummit.com. Now, what is your next adventure? Do you have one planned? 
So um, let's see. So my next adventure, I would say, because I always consider the adventures in different ways, not always physical, right? So um, I have a retreat with friends of mine that's like an annual tradition. So that's coming up. Fall seems to be actually a big time of when things are condensed on my calendar. And then in November, this I consider adventure, I'm going up to Canada to meet my cousin, who's like a sister to me. And it is going to be 30 years to the day that we are going to go see Depeche Mode, uh, you know, Depeche Mode concert in Canada. That's like stoked connecting with our youth, you know? Yeah. Well, that's pretty amazing that you could pretty much time it to the day as well. Yeah, that is luck. (laughs) When we were looking into it, I was like blown away. I was like, oh, my God, we have to do this. I don't care like how, you know, we make this happen, but it's just too wild. And unfortunately, we lost her brother, um, my cousin, you know, last year um, very swiftly to pancreatic cancer. So, again, another one of those life reminders that like if these are the things we want to do and have these memories and moments with each other, let's just do it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, thinking about mortality and having, unfortunately, those reminders you know, as terrible as they are, there are always those lessons to learn that maybe we aren't prioritizing what really is important. And it does give us that little bit of a push in the right direction. Absolutely. You know, it's so interesting that I can't even tell you the amount of times I've said, you know, how many times have you said to your friends, like, yeah, let's get together. Okay, I'll see you next week, or we'll make plans in the coming weeks. And then you're like, oh, my God, like, the entire summer is gone. What happened? And we didn't even get together, like we said, you know, like, yeah, I was like, you were pretty much talking about my life, really. Sometimes. <laughs> When you go like my girls are seven and nine, your weeks, you know, between working and running kids around to after school activities and catching up and taking them to their, you know, events and friends, that yeah, you know, your family, you're then fitting in your family too. Um, catching up with friends almost feels like a luxury sometimes. Yeah. Now, if there are people listening in that, you know, maybe they haven't had, they don't have a list. And they're not used to making a list. Do you have any, you know, words of wisdom for them of why starting to building these adventures and schedule them in can be really beneficial? Yeah, you know, it it comes back to kind of what I had mentioned before. So uh, unfortunately, things happen in life, like loss of loved ones due to like cancer, or I had an aunt that was like super dear to me who had multiple sclerosis. You know, that generation, they were always waiting for retirement to come so that they could do all the things they really wanted to do because they had saved the money to do them and they would have all the time in the world to do them. But then life doesn't always work out, you know, the in the way that you envision it. And they missed out on those things that they had worked so hard for and had dreamt about. And I would say that's motivation to get a list going and to not put yourself last um, and 
also again to like kind of be the fire underneath you that encourages you to try the things that you wouldn't normally try or you wouldn't think you would enjoy and all you gotta do is try them like once like and another thing in life I try not to repeat things because again I don't have unlimited funds and unlimited time so it's a little different with things like paddleboarding where you pick up a sport and you like to keep doing that but when it comes to like travel or adventures that are expensive, I consider those like really special things that are once in a lifetime. Um, When I went to Italy to trace my roots, I took the time and went there with the mentality that I may never be back here again. This literally could be my one time in life that I get to come where, you know, my ancestors came from. And I try to take full advantage of that, knowing that might be the case. So I would say just go for it, write those lists, um, be open-minded to the things you hear and adventures of all types that fulfill you mentally, physically, um, you know, mind, body, and soul. It's all about Yeah, well, I definitely, there's so much great advice there. And I know, you know, just touching on that, you know, this may be the only time I'm here. I know when I travel, if I'm, you know, in a place like we, uh, like, you know, at the Coliseum in Italy, you know, I will look around and my last looks before we leave the place, I will be like, this could be the last time I'm looking. So I'll really just try to take a couple of moments to really sink it in. But I literally say to myself, like, this could be it. This could be the last time you're going to look at this amazing place, you know, exhibition, whatever. Soak it in before I leave. Yeah, because you'll have those pictures, right? But you won't have that feeling that you get, like, in that legit, genuine moment. Yeah, well, I'm which, with is, you. <laughs> which is pretty amazing. I uh, have a client that's often says, she goes, she's older now and so she's sort of past the age of travel because she's got quite a few medical conditions and she always says, oh, you know, travel, you can't keep it. It's it's just a memory. It's a nice memory, but, you know, I'm not that fussed about it anymore. Whereas I'm always like, but that memory and that experience creates you it creates your builds on your personality and like we were saying before it might be your mental strength your emotional strength but it creates the person you are and I think those experiences you know really start to build us as a person so you know they they can be life-changing oh oh yeah for sure I think that without those experiences I might not be as open-minded I wouldn't have learned such amazing things about people and their cultures um and that to me is completely priceless and you know you, you brought up um an amazing point with that client of yours that's another reason why I think you should do certain types of adventures more like um, sooner than later, because let's say I wanted to go do something and there was a physicality to it. I don't want to wait to do that at 70 or 80, like when it's not going to give me the same like level of experience and enjoyment from it. I want to do it while I can enjoy it now. You know, there's like certain trade-offs for things that like can be put off and things that you really don't want to put off. 
Yeah, and you're 100% right because I know uh, for our honeymoon, you know, over 10 years ago now, but me and my husband went to South America and we hiked Machu Picchu and that was always a thing that I really wanted to do. And now, you know, speaking and and the people on our tour at the time, some people were older and they really struggled. And, you know, speaking to other clients now that might be in their 60s or 70s, they're like, I wish I could have done that, but physically, you know, doing a four-day hike with steep inclines and altitude is just beyond me. So I always think, you know, I have that reflection back that I'm really glad we did that at that time in our lives Um, because I don't think I was probably as aware of that then as I am now. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Now, you know, we've been talking about adventure and challenging moments is there something that springs to mind that was really challenging for you and how did you overcome it? Um, okay, so I would say when I trained for a Spartan trifecta, that was something that I didn't expect. Um, and, you know, because they're at the time, they've evolved much differently over the years, but you had to do them like in a certain order and it was like levels. Right. And I had went into it alone and I didn't, the first time I ever did like a single one, I didn't like really train properly. I have this habit. This is not what I recommend (laughs) of hearing about certain things. And I'm like, Oh, I want to do that. And they're the types of things that like you shouldn't just go right into without properly training. Like, um, you know, equally was the ride across New York. You should definitely train for that before (laughs) you tackle something like that, because you will enjoy it so much more. Um, You know, it's during those times where like, I I, um, had like my first like fall or my first flat tire. And these are the things that if you prep for them, it'll serve you so much better. Um, but I've had things where like, um, when I was training and not so intense, um, of when you would think something like this would happen, but there was a tree root that came out of a ground that I didn't see. And I was flipped over my handlebars and pinned underneath my bike. And, um, I got out of that, a titanium plate in my right wrist and oh. had shattered my wrist. So, you know, there's things that, um, like that taught me that actually taught me, um, okay, look out, <laughs> don't train when you're exhausted, like take some time to pause. You don't need to try to be so like aggressive about going about your training, um, I never saw the value in the pauses of training and the rest and recharging. I kind of thought it was like silly. And now I so respect the rest and recharge that the body needs and see the value in it. So actually that was a big lesson. I learned. Yeah. And an important one, you know, too, and one that we can all sort of carry away from, because I think sometimes we do get, you know, set on focused on that big goal and we kind of like, we'll be fine. We don't need to add in that rest. Like we'll just keep going. But yes, you know, reflection is, is always easier to uh, learn these lessons, isn't it? Absolutely. And you know, it's not, it's like one of those things where like, you're like, I've got this. 
in almost like a cocky way. Like you don't realize that you're being that way, but that's when like one of those things when the universe is like, uh, uh, mm, 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 let me remind you. Yeah. It's funny how sometimes it feels like the universe is stepping into like even the score sometimes. Yeah. Now you were saying before how you got your gal on the go name but can you share more with listeners about your podcast and what you share on your podcast oh yeah sure so the podcast um is not focused on me as much as the blog used to be and it's more me searching for and finding everyday women who are relatable who are living and experiencing life of living boldly in all different forms it's all stages of life all walks of life women um and i feel like real attainable relatable stories and um it's about 30 to 60 minutes of audio in which i hope people take away like even i feel like in life in anything if you get one nugget of something i think it has value yeah well i love that because even you know with my podcast i'm always trying to feature women you know focus on women's health wellness you know spirituality mental and physical health and sharing inspiring stories that like you were saying people can relate to and go you know what that is me or that could be me or that's my sister or my you know best friend because like you said just learning and taking one thing away can change your life yeah and that's why I love your show and I love podcasting as a medium because I feel like in the past we weren't really talking with each other we were in like small groups and when you don't have that shared information you're not getting that like relatability you're not getting that comfort of oh my god she went through that I I went through that too it's so great to hear that and I think um the podcast programs in in you know, um, sharing bold women's journeys with each other just opens up that communication that, you know, is so much better, I believe, for us. Yeah, 100%, especially when it's on, you know, maybe subjects that we don't often talk about or subjects that might seem more taboo and don't get talked about in the media or if you've only got a small circle of friends, you know, you might only have three or four people to relate to uh, and they might not have gone through that experience, but that doesn't mean that it's not common or it's not normal. It just means that, you know, that small group of pool that you have to relate to just, you know, haven't gone through the same thing as you. Yes, 110%. Amazing. Now, before we usually, you know, wrap up our podcast, I always like to ask my guests that, you know, for listeners that are listening in, if you could give them one piece of advice that they could go away after listening to this podcast and just instigate straight away, what would it be? Okay. I would say prepare anything that you do as an adventure in life, prepare for it. And there's two reasons why I really believe in this, actually. And I've learned this the hard way. This is one of the lessons that I had to learn myself. So when I go into any situation, I try to do prep, whether that's like packing prep or like doing my homework, looking into things, because you only have, again, limited time that you're going to do something. And I really believe 
that you can do things spontaneously in life, but even the spontaneous things you do, you should prepare like to an extent because you don't want it that to take away from the time that you want to reserve for whatever it is, whatever adventure or challenge that you're doing. So that's like the number one reason why I think preparation is actually a key thing. And then also just so that you could enjoy that adventure or challenge for what it is. Like if you go in prepared, um, that just allows you to either have the best experience of whatever it is, or maybe that thing isn't for you and you're not going to do it again. But still, you know, like you set yourself up for experiencing it to the best that you could have. Yeah, I love that. Because I think too, you know, sometimes we get focused on that, you know, end moment. So whether or not, you know, you've done all that training for the marathon, but what you're really focused on is crossing that finish line. And so we focus on that. But if, like you said, if we are prepared along the way, we can actually enjoy the journey of the training, you know, getting to the event, doing the event rather than just having that, you know, win right at the end. Exactly. Now, I have to ask too before we wrap up, because you have done so much adventure and travel and we were just talking about being prepared, do you have any tips for listeners, you know, on packing and on getting ready for a trip? Yeah, so, okay, well, it really depends on what the activity or the goal, like, you know, what it is that you're going to be participating in. But I would say, you know, like I always keep, is as silly or as embarrassing as this is going to sound, I always keep in my carry-on or on me like about two pairs of underwear and one full change of clothes because you never know what's going to happen. And again, you don't want an experience to be ruined because you get somewhere, your luggage was lost and you have like nothing. <laughs> but... um <laughs> So that's like kind of like almost like a peace of mind preventative type thing you can do for yourself. And then there's like um, just like little things like I, I bring like a carabiner clip everywhere I go. And it might seem like so simple, but I'm telling you, like the things that you can use a carabiner clip for, it's almost like... Um, a Girl Scouts equivalent of like, um, I can't remember, like the little knife thing that the Boy Scouts used to have. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like y- you can like clip a bottle, you can use it to like attach bags. Um, if you're going on any kind of sports thing, you can, you know, it's just like really there's endless things. So I always try to think like, what's practical? What's an item that you could bring that won't take up a lot of space when you have to be like efficient, but has like a lot of practical multi-purposes. Yeah. Well, I love that. And I laugh with the underwear thing because recently, (laughs) earlier this year, when we were traveling, our flight, when we were in England, it was delayed due to snow. We didn't realize this. So we checked our bags in, you know, at 10.30 in the morning, we checked our bags in. We actually got our boarding passes, went to security and they said, I'm sorry, you can't board the plane. This flight is for tomorrow. And we're like, what they've just taken our bags like they've all the bags have all gone in under the plane what do you mean and then we go back and talk to someone at the desk and like oh sorry your flight's been delayed this boarding passes for tomorrow 
And I said, well, what about our bags? They've taken our bags and it's 24 hours till our flight. And they're like, well, it's up to you if you want to pull them out, but that's going to be like a massive hassle. Really, we'd just say, go get a hotel and come back the next morning for your flight. Now, me and my girls had packed underwear and a spare change of clothes and our toothbrushes in our bags. My husband had not. So my (laughs) husband did not have any change of clothes and had to wear the same things the next day for the flight. So it really does pay off just to have a spare change of clothes in your carry-on. I love it. Oh, and I'll tell you another great item, actually, that I totally forgot about that made me think of the underwear because I put that kind of stuff in like a Ziploc bag. But the other thing that I always have on me is a garbage bag, like a plastic garbage bag. And the reason is because you could use that again. It's one of those things. It could be a hamper for you. It could be a raincoat for you. You know, it could be a liner in your bag. If there's like wet items, that's another good one. I feel like always bring a garbage bag with you everywhere. And I'm, I promise you it'll come in handy. Well, that would have been handy for us too because my daughter on that trip did vomit and I didn't have a bag on me. So I'll have to remember that one for my next trip too. (laughs) All these things that happen when you travel that are outside of your control. Uh, Yep. (laughs) Amazing. Now, where can listeners reach out and connect with you and listen to your podcast too? Okay. Well, um, they can catch me on any streaming platform and the links to those are on my website, which is galonthego.com, G-A-L-O-T-G-O.com. And then through social media, they can get me at gal underscore on the underscore go. Amazing. Well, I'll link that up in the show notes too. So listeners can head on over to the show notes and check out all those links as well. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Kimberly. It's been lovely chatting about all things adventures and travel and challenges. And uh, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you, Kate. I have a blast and you rock. Thanks for listening into the podcast. Please hit subscribe to be updated each time we release a new podcast.